Next week, we're starting a new sermon series in 2 Peter. Um, and so before we do that, I just wanted us to pause and to remember all that God has done for us. And I want to just draw our attention to the glory of God this morning. Because as we take this uh, supper this morning, we just need to remind ourselves of all He has done for our salvation. What He has done. Why He has done this uh, for us. God wants church for us to see His glory. It is all about His glory. And, And so this morning... As we um, prepare our hearts for the supper, I, I want us to give thanks for all that he's done for us. You know, we just sang the song, How Great Is Our God. And the words are, The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. And darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice. Why do people try to hide from his presence? Why do people tremble at his voice? And the reason why is that God is a holy God. And sinful man cannot stand in his presence. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 6 for a moment. And uh, Isaiah saw the glory of God, and I want you to see his response when he encountered uh, God's presence. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. We're familiar with this passage, uh, but we need to remind ourselves of it this morning. This is um, Isaiah He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Church, we serve and we worship a holy God. And it's because of God that we have salvation today. It's not because of any one of us. It's not because God saw us and thought we were a pretty good guy. We were a pretty good person, and so he saved us. No, that's not why we are saved. It is all because of the grace of God in our life. God is holy. 
And God revealed his holiness from the very beginning. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, he created them perfect. He put them in a perfect environment. And the Bible says that he walked with them in the morning time. He had fellowship. They were in his very presence. But when they chose to sin, they hid from God. Because they were ashamed. Because of their sinfulness, they had to hide from God. God wants to reveal his holiness to us this morning. You know what? That's what the Ten Commandments are all about. It's through the Ten Commandments he reveals his holiness. He shows that so shows us through the Ten Commandments that He is the one and only God. That He is holy. He, he is our loving Creator that is to be honored. He is life. He is truth. He is faithful. He is a giver. He is a provider. He's a sustainer. And I'm not even scratching the surface, church. But God is, has revealed through his word his nature to us. God didn't create morality. He is morality. He is moral. He is holy. He is without sin. He is just. He is righteous. He is good. And when it comes to our salvation this morning, church, it is all about what God has done for us. And so there's three things I want to show, share with you this morning very quickly. The fact that God has saved us from himself. God has saved us by himself. And God has saved us for himself. And we need to remember these things as we observe the supper this morning. Number one, God has saved us from himself. What do I mean by that? God has saved us from God's wrath that we deserve. The Bible says that we are all sinners and that we all fall short of the glory of God. If it weren't for the grace of God, we would deserve, we deserve eternal damnation. God has saved you. God has saved me from his wrath, which would otherwise come upon us. As I was uh, looking at this text in my notes this morning, my wife came into my office at home. She told me not to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it illustrates <laughs> it illustrates the grace of God, okay? Because I haven't been a very good husband this week. And uh, she came in this morning. She said, okay, I know we're doing the Lord's Supper this morning, and so I just want to forgive you now. 
And I gave her a hug. And I said, thank you for your grace and mercy because I really deserve your wrath. But you chose to show me grace. And church, when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, God foregoes his wrath in our life. His wrath has been poured out on his son on the cross. And Jesus, who is receiving that wrath in our place, we avoid and we are given the righteousness of God. I, my mind can't comprehend this. But this is what the Bible says. This is the reality of Scripture. My friend, when it comes to our salvation and all that God has done for us, the reason why He's done this is because He wants to save us from Himself. He doesn't want His wrath to be poured out upon us. He offers to each and every one of us the free gift of salvation. For so many people, we turn our nose up to it. And the consequences, the consequences are going to be eternal damnation separated from God for all eternity. And God wants to save us from that. Save us from himself. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy, holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave in us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So we take this supper this morning, not because there's anything good in us, It's all because of God's grace and mercy and that he spared us from himself. You know what, church? We were all on that long black train. Amen? All of us. And it was only because of God's grace that God took my ticket and said, Get off that train. You're with me now. It's because of the grace of God. And where was that long black train heading? Not just to anywhere or nowhere. It was headed to hell. And God rescued us. So when we take the supper this morning, remember, God has spared us. He has saved us from his wrath. Not only has he saved us from his wrath, but he has saved us by himself. Only he could do it. You know, in the Old Testament, to be forgiven of your sin required a perfect sacrifice, an unblemished animal. And as perfect as that sacrifice may have been, You know what? It was only temporal. And you had to do it over again the next year. 
But the reason why you had to sacrifice an animal, a perfect animal, because it was only a perfect sacrifice that was going to cover your sin. The blood of that perfect sacrifice could cover your sin. But you know what? Those, all those sacrifices that you read about in the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, it's a shadow of the perfect and ultimate sacrifice that's yet to come. God's Son, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. The only way that we can be saved is by God himself, because we cannot save ourselves. It's at the cross where we see God's justice being delivered upon the, salva- on the, on the sin of the world. And it's at the cross that our sin is being justified. God sees us as if we have never sinned. But it's only because of what God has done to us. Only by His grace can you and I be saved. And so the just is the justifier in forgiving our sin. That's love. That's grace. That's a mercy that I couldn't have brought upon myself. None of us here in this room can do it. It's only by the grace of God. And then the third thing I want you to see in preparing our hearts for the supper why has God saved us? God has saved us for himself. And what I mean by that is God has saved us so that we might see the glory of God. It's all about his glory. It's about his holiness. It's about his righteousness, his love, his mercy, his grace. There is no greater picture of his glory than the cross. People often ask, you know, why didn't just God say, you know what, I forgive your sin." Why did he make his son go to the cross, pour out his wrath on his son, be butchered and die like that for our salvation, for our forgiveness? Why didn't God just say, you know what, I just forgive all of you. You're all in. I love you that much. You're just just all forgiven. Had God done that for everybody? Church, he wouldn't be a God of love. He wouldn't be a God of justice. We've seen the consequences of sin in this world. How it's disrupted people's lives. How it has destroyed people's lives. There are some people that we are so angry, we want to see them burn in hell. And if God wasn't a God of 
justice and wrath. Sin would never go punished. God would be tolerant of sin. God wouldn't care about the people who go through the consequences and suffering of sin. God would be indifferent. That wouldn't be a God love. And so there had to be a sacrifice. And God knew that we couldn't save ourselves. God knew that just an animal, just a regular animal, maybe maybe a perfect animal in man's eyes, just an animal wasn't going to be able to cover their sin. That was just temporary. It was going to have to take himself. God had to come as himself in the person of Jesus Christ and pay that price for all my mistakes, all my rebellion, all your rebellion, everyone's rebellion. And and when we see that it was God who did this, that we couldn't save ourselves, we we begin to get a glimpse of his glory of the extent that he went to for our salvation. God wants us to see his glory. You know, I like the song that we sing today. But we need to be careful about the songs that we sing today. Because I think some of those songs that we sing, we... We want God to revolve around us. That it's all about us. That He loves me. He chose me. I was someone pretty special. And then it becomes all about me. In church, that's not where He wants to take us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about our self-portraits. What do we call those things? Selfies. Not about you. It's about the glory of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that he should that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Church is all about his glory. We have been created to glorify him. If you read the Old Testament, God chose Israel for his glory. 
God rescued Egypt, Israel from Egypt, for his glory. Psalm 106. God rescued Israel from Pharaoh at the Red Sea for his glory. Exodus chapter 14. So it was an act of remembrance this morning. It's not to be man-centered. It's not to be, God, thank you for how much you love me. Although we should be grateful for that. It's about the fact that he has saved us from himself. He has saved us by himself. And he has saved us for himself. And we are trophies of the grace of God and the glory that he has done for all of us. So I want us to prepare our hearts this morning for the supper. This morning, the Bible says that we're not to take this supper in an unworthy manner. What that means is we can't be harboring sin in our life. And as a Christian, you need to take this time to just confess to the Father this morning things that you've been harboring or entertaining in your life. Confess that to him. He's your great high priest. You don't have to confess it to me. Confess it to him. Get right with him this morning. If you're without Christ this morning, I want to extend an invitation to you this morning. Would you bow your head with me, please, all of us? And maybe you're here this morning and you're asking, how do you become a Christian? Well, number one, you have to admit that you're a sinner. And I want you to, I want to say this morning that you're in good company this morning because we're all sinners. And for some of us, we've been touched by the grace of God and forgiven of our sin. And that forgiveness is made available to you this morning. But you have to admit that you fall far short of a holy God and that you're in need of forgiveness. Second, believe. Believe what God has done for you, that God died on that cross for your sin. That three days later, he came back from the grave. The Bible is clear about this. And if you would just say to him, God, I believe. With my heart, I I believe that you died for my sin. And three days later, you came back from the grave. I believe that. You did it for me. And then number three, confess with your heart. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that God raised him from the, from the dead, the Bible says, you'll be saved.
confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. And if you're doing that right now, the Bible says that you are a child of God and you can partake of this supper this morning and begin to see his glory and all that he's done for you and all and all that he's done for us.